Good morning. Morning all. Hadi. You define? Your response is I define. Okay. Good. Well, this morning, this is round two for me. I understand what Jason goes through now. Three times on a Sunday morning. But it is so good to be able to share with you on a Sunday morning during a Sunday morning service. You know, this is not a normal thing in the churches in the U.S. anymore. To be able for a missionary to come in and have the entire morning service is an unusual thing. But it shows the heart of this church. The DNA of this church has been from the very early days in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s to today. The heart for the world that this church has. And I thank you for that heart. You have partnered with us for 21 years. Thank you. And we feel blessed. We always feel blessed when we come back to Temecula. One of the things I want to say this morning is you may hear some things about Cameroon and the civil war that's going on. Please do not post those on the Internet. I don't want to put any of my colleagues in any danger or any trouble. So uh, they will be recording this. And I was good first service. I didn't say anything that was too dangerous. But there is, a, there is a civil war going on in Cameroon, and both sides are doing some things that are pretty awful. And so we'll leave it at that. So where is Cameroon? Anybody know? Okay, Jason's doing it, so I'm going to make you all do it. All right, everybody stand up. This is a congregation participation morning. So put your right hand on your head, your left hand on your hip. You've made a map of Africa. Cameroon is where? Right here in the armpit. Everybody sit down. We don't think of Cameroon as an armpit. Um, But there you can see it. Cameroon is that orange country there in the continent of Africa, a continent that's made up of 54 countries. Cameroon is been called African in miniature. So every climate that exists within the continent sits in Cameroon because of that unique spot that Cameroon sits. So let's take a look. We have white sand beaches. So far so good, right? Black sand beaches, which means we have a volcano close by. That's volcanic soil that makes black sand. Uh, Mount Cameroon is a active volcano. It hasn't burped in a while, so... Uh, uh, we're thankful for that. We have high mountainous areas. This is near Mbingo Baptist Hospital. We actually took this picture from the runway. We we're picking up Katie Compton. And uh, I don't know if you can see this is during rainy season, but there are we've counted almost 12 waterfalls in that picture. Very gorgeous part of Cameroon. It's our favorite part of Cameroon. Uh, we just love serving there. And it's also higher in elevation, so the temperature is a little cooler than the capital city. We also have grasslands, savanna, it's wide open, and then we have the desert area up towards the far north, up towards Chad, uh, the borders Nigeria, it's desert-like. And then in the east, I don't have any pictures of that, but we have deep rainforest. How many of you have ever heard of lowland gorillas? We have some of those in Cameroon as well, so in the east. So very diverse country, and because of the topography of the country, the climate of the country, it becomes a very diverse country. Uh, I love this waterfall. It was a waterfall that was actually shot in Tarzan of Greystoke. It's an older film for those of you, but that portion of the film was shot in Cameroon. Uh, it's now a place where you can get robbed if you go check it out because people know that tourists go there, so we don't go there. Um, 
but very beautiful place. So can you imagine a country, state of California, a country the size of us here with 279 languages? Northern California would have its own culture and its own group of languages. You'd have the Bakersfield high desert area that would have a different culture and different group of languages. You'd have the L.A. Basin and then the Inland Empire might have a couple different types of languages. And then you've got us here, North San Diego County and San Diego that would be different than L.A. and the Inland Empire. It creates an immense diversity but also a great need. And it's a great testimony to God as you look at the different cultures God had a hand in every one of those languages and they're precious in his sight and we know that because why revelation it says there'll be people from every tribe tongue and nation in heaven God caused the tower of Babel to happen I mean the dispersion of the languages thus was the birth of Wycliffe Bible translators no I'm just kidding (laughs) but I am thankful for the opportunity to, to serve in such a country This is the language map. It's been broken into three sections, and I don't know if you can see it from where you're at, but that little square up in the left-hand side is where we have served the last three years. It's an area of high concentration of languages. It looks like cracked mud. It looks like the fault lines here in Southern California. So the two regions that I've been director over, the Northwest and Southwest region, there are 10 regions within Cameroon, is the Anglophone region. And the reason I say Anglophone, it was, it was held by the, originally by the British as a colony taken away from Germany after the World War. The rest of the country was held by the French. So in Anglophone Africa, you would think we would speak English. Well, let me give you a taste of what brand of English. You already had that in the greeting this morning. But let me let you listen to this. For Fidelity Bank, they don't tell where we say progress for business where people they talk about. Now for person to sabi what they do and come get bank with trust them, they support them. So if you do for clean business and you shine your eye well well for the deal way they do, we for Fidelity promise you say we not go for your hand. We go support your business. Come open account for Fidelity today. Fidelity Bank PLC will be Fidelity as we talk them. Now so we they do them. Now we talk them so we they do do them. We do what we say what we're going to do. Fidelity Bank. How many of you understood that entire commercial? How many of you understood a few words in that commercial? Okay. Somebody in the first service said, I understood Fidelity Bank and that was it. (laughs) That's the pigeon that we speak in Northwest Cameroon. It actually has its own translation. John 3.16 sounds like this. God, he been like the people for Gronk. So he give you one peeking. Say, any man who he put hard for ye, he no fit lose, but he go get life where he no go finish. How many of you understood, raise your hands, 20% of what I, I shared in that verse. A few of you, 60, anybody higher than 20? Okay. Difficult, but that's English. God, he been like the people of God, so tea, so much. He giving one and only peeking. Say, any man will he put hot heart for ye, he no fit lose. He's not going to lose that, but he's going to get eternal life. He go get life where he no go finish. Can you imagine this morning, 
this would be the scripture that you had to read from this morning. Would it speak to you like your own Bible in English? No, not the same way. So you get what a lot of people around the world experience. You know, I've, I've, I've heard it said, well, why don't you just teach them to, to read English? It doesn't speak the same way. Or French. And I, re- I have a French Bible and I can read it, but it doesn't speak like my English Bible does to me. So why have we been in Cameroon for 19 years? 18 months of that was spent in France to learn French. But we've been in Cameroon for 19 years. It's for this reason. To give people access to God's Word in a language that speaks to them best. You know, I'm amazed at some of our Cameroonian colleagues. They don't speak one or two languages. Some of them speak four, five, and six languages. Mom may speak, their mom may speak one language, dad speaks another if they're two tribes that are, live close by each other. I'm excited about this New Testament. This New Testament's been around for a while and, um, what's neat about this is recently in the last couple of years, I met with Dr. Peter Yu. Dr. Peter Yu is a Cameroonian. Uh, he's a Bible translator. He worked on this. This is the New Testament in the Comb language. It's the region we've been working in. And they've had it for a while. And I asked a fr- another friend of mine, Simon Tomo, I said, Simon, now that you've had God's word for a while, what does it really mean to you? And he said, it's like it gets into my blood. It goes deep. And I thought, powerful words. The best way he could express it, it goes deep down into his heart. It takes root. I'm going to challenge you this morning. How, how do you feel about your Bible? Do you hold it as something precious? And very often we don't. We don't long to spend time in it like some of our friends around the world do. This language group longs to have the Old Testament. So much so, Dr. Peter Yu called me up one day when we were in Bemenda and said, I want you to come give the closing address to this, this, this meetings, these set of meetings we've been having. And I said, Peter, what are you doing? And he said, oh, we've been teaching people. We have 22 people that are in training to be Bible translators in the Comb language. Now, what does that mean? It wasn't a missionary coming in and asking for it. The church in the Comb language has been asking for the Old Testament. So much so that Dr. Peter Yu, who's Comb speaker, has got his doctorate in linguistics and Bible translation, was training 22 people. The church had de- churches had designated 22 people. The Old Testament is a massive project. It's two-thirds of the Bible. But yet here is an indigenous, local expression of the church saying, we're going to do Bible translation. We want God's complete counsel. And I thought, wow, great. I can pack up and go home. No. <laughs> But that brings us good to our hearts because it means if we ever have to leave Cameroon, Bible translation will continue. People will continue to get access to God's Word in a language that they understand and a language that they can then feast on. George Cowan was one of the founders of Wycliffe Bible Translators and he's from here in California and he was working out at a, a camp not too far outside of town here, out in a very desert-like area. And he was living in a trailer. That's where they housed him. And it was a beat-up old trailer. 
for the summer. But George had a smile on his face. And he was sharing with these young people about his passion for Bible translation. And he said, you know, we have God's word. Okay. And it's precious to us. We have a relationship with God that is so precious. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, turn there. Uh, we're doing a flyover because this morning we don't have enough time. Some, some of the verses in, in uh, Romans you can spend weeks on, just those verses. There's so much richness there. But chapter 8, verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For we, you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified Him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Powerful words, and that's part of what George was doing. He said, I'm out in this trailer, but I'm sharing a vision with these, these young people. And George tells the story that... We'll go back to that one. No? All right. Preaching multiple services in a row is a challenge. <laughs> Forget where you are. Um, but George would share, and he said, you know, we have God's Word and loads of translations in English, don't we? We all have our favorite translations in English. And we, we, we get bored with it sometimes, don't we? We get to feast on God's Word. Yet there are places in the world where they only get the crumbs. They may have just a few portions of Scripture or just a few books. Or for some places in the world, this is John 3.16. John 14, 2. 1 John 1, 9. You see, they don't even have the crumbs of God's Word. They cannot feast and drink deeply. And that relationship up there, I love that Abba Father. That word is there as Daddy in Cameroon. That's what they call Papa God. And we've served in Cameroon, and my hair color has changed over the years. Some of that Eric Keeling is responsible for. Is he still in here? No, I'm kidding. But in Cameroon, as you get older, it becomes more of a privilege. You get more respect. And it wasn't too many years ago that I had a 40-year-old man in my house, and he was working on our electrical system in the house, and he said, Thank you, Daddy. And I went, Daddy, I'm not your father. I, I'm doing this internally. And I realized it was a sign of respect. And I thought, wow, that's all tied, can be tied into this verse. We get to call God Daddy. There's that intimate relationship. Yes, He's King of kings and Lord of lords, but there's also that intimate relationship. And unless you've got God's words, you don't understand that completely. You don't get to read those words that we are fellow heirs. But also in that verse, what does it say? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth compared with the glory that's to come. Wow. Powerful words. 
there's a promise of glory to come. 21 years, people ask us often, you know, and said, how do you do what you do? And we say, we don't do what we do because it's not us doing it, it's God doing it. We can't do what we're doing. People say, we could never do what you're doing. But it's only God acting through us. It's not always easy, but we hold fast to this promise that what we're doing, this present suffering, whether it's going through malaria, whether it's driving in horrible traffic in the capital city of Yande, where you're this far from the car next to you, front and back, and you're going up a hill and it's a stick. (laughs) Now you get the picture. (laughs) All the cars in Cameroon are stick. But it's worth it because we have something to look forward to. And this life here on earth is just a blink. What we think when we sit on the freeway from Rancho California Road all the way up to Clinton Keith is going to take us forever to get there and we whine and complain. And God's eternity is less than a blink. And so part of my challenge to you this morning is what are you willing to do for the Lord? What are you willing to endure to see people get access to God, to hear about Jesus Christ, maybe get access to God's Word, whatever that might be. I have a friend who's, we call him Doc Martin, it's Dr. Martin, came to Cameroon years ago to teach missionary kids at Rainforest International School. And he was teaching them the sciences, and Doc was always interesting. Somebody would find a snake, and the only good snake in Cameroon is usually a dead one. A large amount of them are poisonous. We have black mambas, green mambas. We have spitting cobras. We've got Gabon vipers. We've got good snakes here as well. But Doc would say, oh, save the snake. He wanted to identify it. And he would freeze it in the freezer and identify it and make some report somewhere. But later on in his 60s, Doc was starting to feel Lord touch him on on his heart and say, I want to be involved in something different. And he got involved and he went back to school and got trained to do literacy, to teach people how to read and write in their mother tongue. And did that till his mid-70s. And so this morning, as I look at this congregation here, God may be calling some of you. And you say, well, I've already got a good job. I'm doing this. I'm here to tell you, God called me from being a youth pastor to be a missionary. From working with skateboarders here in the valley to working with people who are doing Bible translation and what a privilege it is. And God may be calling you. Don't discount that because of your age and stage. Are you hearing me? The number of missionaries going out from the United States is dropping. Is the need still out there? I love this verse and it says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Everything's going to be wonderful, right? That's how that verse is often misused. For those who are called according to His purpose. That portion that's embedded in there. For those who are called according to His purpose. Not our own purpose, but for His kingdom. For His honor, for His glory. To share it amongst the nations. That's for our good. We're going to go a little deeper into that this morning, but this is the current needs worldwide. And if you look at just the continent of Africa, this bottom lower left hand, 
There are, currently today, there are 2,188 languages in Africa. The third of the world's languages found in that one continent. The rest are all in Papua New Guinea, right? <laughs> 265 of those have a complete Bible. Only 265. 420 have the New Testament. 404 have a few books or portions of Scripture. But get this figure. Over 1,099 languages have nothing. And so it stirs our hearts. That's why we continue to do what we do. There are other languages. God's Word is so precious. And it's one of the ways that we can find out more about who He is. And if you don't have that, how does discipleship happen? How does church planning happen if there's not a Bible in the language that people understand? This is kind of a, a chart of translations of the Bible in English. You know, there have been over 40 translations of the Bible in English. It's like George Cowan said, we can feast on God's Word. And I can't live life knowing that there are only those that have crumbs or don't have anything to eat. How can they taste and see that the Lord is good unless they've got God's Word? Another reason we do is, is this is a field, a farm, actually. Somebody's got some things planted in it. It's kind of difficult to see because it's so grown up. This is Cameroon. Things grow quickly. But do you notice anything unusual that doesn't look like it belongs in that picture? There's a post there with a piece of metal roofing. It's about this big that sits on that post. And it's what's underneath that roofing that I'm more concerned with. There's a fetish there. It's a, it's a charm placed on this field. And this owner of this farm believes that he's put this there for the good of the crops, that the crops are going to grow high, but for any bandits that want to come in and steal his corn to keep them away, that they will be cursed if they do that. You see, many people in the world are bond, in bondage to sin and Satan. Their beliefs, whether African traditional religion, worship of ancestors, or whatever it is worldwide. And how do they get set free? It's by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do they do that? It's enhanced by God's Word. It's right there. So, you know, we've been in Cameroon for 19 years, and our plans have changed over the years. I started out in vernacular media, giving people access to God's Word through audio and video materials, and then I became an HR director for 200 people, and then I became regional director for 21 language projects. And I had to make a phone call to my wife about 18, 20 months ago that I never thought I would ever have to make. I was in the capital city, Yaoundé, on my way to Kenya for a conference, and my wife was up in Bemenda. It's a 10-hour ride over some pretty rough road. And I called Donna, and I said, after meeting with our field crisis management team, sorry, hun, but you've got 10 days to pack up whatever you can and put it in our truck and come down to the capital city. We're evacuating. Our field crisis management team had met with me and they discerned that it was un, absolutely unsafe for our missionaries to be there. It wasn't until a couple months later that uh, Charles Wesco was killed 
I don't know if you heard that here in the States. He was a missionary with a, a small, very tiny Baptist mission. He'd only been in country for 12 days. And he was shot four miles from our house. That's not to say that we've been in fear for our lives, but when your leadership asks you to do something, you trust that they've been praying to God and asking for His And when we were evacuated, we thought we were going to be back within five months. So when we drove out, Donna drove down to Yaoundé and God provided a Cameroonian driver for her and she came out with another single woman, a missionary. God was gracious and we had what we needed. We had some suitcases and Donna partway through, and it's kind of funny, we joke about this now, but I was in Kenya and she's a little frustrated two or three days in. She's packing my clothes, right? You know, I've got a suitcase with me. She's going, turn WhatsApp on and pointed the screen towards our closet, my closet and said, okay, what shoes do you want me to take? Which soccer cleats do you want me to take? Which shirts do you want me to take? But we are thankful to God through those times of suffering because we can see God's faithfulness. God has been so faithful through those 20 years. And really this morning is more of a testimony to what God has done than what we have done. We've just been the vessels. Fast forward to just uh, last May. A, tr- our tr- a lot of our stuff was sold in Bemenda through our house help and, and some people that were up there. Furniture was sold. And then the rest of our stuff was loaded in a truck and brought to the capital city of Yonder. We had kissed all that stuff goodbye. And God was gracious to us and we sold all that stuff off. And then recently we've been asked to take a new role and I'll talk a little bit more about that rate later. But we sold our truck. And those of you guys that like to off-road, this was the off-road vehicle. Am I right, Anil? Toyota Land Cruiser 78 Series. It carries 12 people. I've never got it stuck. Okay. But what more important about that truck is, is that it was sold for the asking price. In Cameroon, everything is a negotiation in the market. So you want to buy a pile of tomatoes, you negotiate over what the price is. This sold, was sold to a Cameroonian, or one of our sister organizations, for the asking price. And on top of that, they paid the taxes, the import tax that we normally would have paid. We do get our vehicles in duty-free because they're in agreement with the government. We sell it outside of our mission. We have to pay the duty on it. They were willing to pay that. So fast forward to last October. We're coming back to the States. We don't have a vehicle. A colleague of ours goes to an auction in Dallas. He's been looking for months. He buys a vehicle at this auction just a week or two before we're supposed to arrive back. He's been looking for a couple months. Do you know what the price of that vehicle was? was exactly what we sold our vehicle for in Cameroon to the dollar. That's God. That's not us. And it was a confirmation for us that this has got what God wanted us to do. Jason, what time are we supposed to... Because I can talk all day. <laughs> what time does the service end? I'm sorry. Is it 9.30? But I want to share these verses with you because this is really the crux of where we're at. Let me read those verses for you. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. 
knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Does that list leave anything out? There are three things to notice in that. God's love for us is current. These verses, voice, these verses we have shared this morning talk about God's love for us. That doesn't change. God loves us now. It's interesting in this passage, verse 26, and I think it's 31, talk about the Holy Spirit interceding for us and Jesus interceding for us in heaven. That's current. That's God's love for us now. And because God loves us, this passage says nothing can separate us from God's love. You see, this was written to the Roman church. Nero was in power and persecution was coming. It hadn't started yet, but it was coming. And Paul is getting ready. God's getting the church ready. You see all of those things up there? Life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, rulers, things to come, nor anything in creation can separate us from God's love. And when you know that, you can step into those difficult places. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You can hear gunfire. I have a gentleman this morning, and we don't have time to show the video, but his name is Alfred Ingenio. Alfred every week travels to a couple hours over a very treacherous road to help others translate the Bible. He's got the New Testament in his language. He leaves his family, not knowing if he's going to arrive back. And this is also because of the road, but not only that, but also because of the conflict that's going on. But yet he continues on. He knows that nothing can separate him from the love of God. So God loves us now. Nothing can separate us from God. And we're not guaranteed comfortable lives. Those things up there we can expect to go through different ways. And look at the way our nation is going and that day may be coming sooner rather than later. I know it's a challenge in in other parts of the world. So what does that mean meant for our ministry? Those two gentlemen are very precious gentlemen in my life, have been. The man on the left is the head of the translation degree program, Dr. Wilfred Fawn. Training young men and women to be Bible translators in their mother tongue. We're part of that. Wycliffe is part of that where we send people up there to be on staff. And these guys get bachelor's or master's degrees in Bible translation and, and linguistics. The man on the left or right is our pastor of our church in Bemenda. Tarper Roland, that man continues in a difficult situation where there's some Sundays where they cannot have church. He can, and he goes to the church regardless of whether there's fighting going on or whatever it is that's keeping him from going to church or whether he's been told nothing will move in downtown by the government. And the churches in Cameroon are praying for peace and they're telling their people, be people of peace because we serve the Prince of Peace in the midst of heinous things going on. They're faithful. 
Kathy Cummins and her husband Bruce have been working with four languages in a remote area of Cameroon up towards the Nigerian border. Their people groups are no longer in Cameroon. Right today, this morning, there are over 700,000 people displaced from our region. 50,000 of them are in refugee camps in Nigeria. And that's where Bruce and Kathy are going to be going after they get back from their home assignment. They're going back. They're going to go and do Bible translation in a refugee camp in a different country with people that are hurting. It's also meant this for us. We've been involved in in trauma healing. It's biblically-based counseling for those that are going through difficult situations, traumas. Scripture's full of trauma. There are laments and laments and laments written in Scripture. And God's Word has an answer for that. And so I've been involved in that last, oh, a year ago now. Um, I was in a conference in the Netherlands getting trained how to do this. This curriculum was born out of conflict in Central Africa. Two missionaries, Margaret and Harriet Hill, saw that there were believers in the church that were struggling in their faith because of the conflict, the unrest, the coup attempts, the stuff that was going on in Central Africa. And they said, we've got to put these verses together in a way that people can understand. And they put together 11 lessons. There are things on rape. There are things, all sorts of things in there. And they have been such a blessing. And I've been involved in this. And one young man in our church in the capital city of Yaoundé who had been evacuated from, he's displaced out of his region. His village had been burned to the ground. And we're at lesson number four is about taking your wounds of the heart to the cross and leaving them there with Jesus. And they write, the students write out a lament and, and the things that they're angry about and all of those things. And we lay them at the foot of the cross and then we burn them. We pray over them and then burn them. And at the end of that time, those individuals have the opportunity to share. We do some praise and worship. And during the sharing, God love is, is this young man's name. He was bent on revenge. It's part of the culture. He was going to get even with his village being burned and some of his relatives being killed. And he was already planned. This is a believer in a church. Can you imagine somebody in this room being that angry and having the culture effect? But through this curriculum, we examine what does your culture say about suffering? What does God's Word say about suffering? And you compare those things side by side. And as you see God's Word, it calls us to forgiveness. And that young man said, I am going to forgive these military guys that have ruined my village. Because God has forgiven me, I must forgive them. Well, once again, I shared with some, the first service that we've been called a new thing at this conference. I, was, I ran into a colleague of mine. And he said, Joe, I want to meet with you and catch up. I said, sure. John Omani and I catch up very often, and it's usually not... Uh, you usually cordial and hey john how's your family doing tell me about what what you're doing what bed number you're on because john travels the world for wycliffe bible translators kenyan man and he numbers his beds and he posts them on facebook a picture of every bed so we kind of follow john john's in south africa this morning he's up to bed bed 677 or something like that but john it didn't dawn on me till later that john and i normally catch up and john's question was specific john tapped us on the shoulder and said, Joe, I would like you to take on a leadership role with Worldwide Impact. 
And so I've been asked to take on the director of production for our international media services within Wycliffe. That means another move for Donna and I. So we moved from Yaoundé to Bemenda to Yaoundé to here over 20 years. But God has been faithful, and we trust that God knows what he's doing. We took a month to pray through it and said, God, don't let this be something that I want, but more importantly, is this what you want? And so we'll be taking on a new role. New role means new ministry budget. And so God has been gracious. We sold our truck. We have a new vehicle. We've gone from 80% of our new ministry budget to 89% in just a few short months. God is faithful. We're like newlyweds. We have no furniture. (laughs) So we're starting over. But that's a great place to be. You see, this world is not our home. We shouldn't be comfortable here. Our home is in heaven. We are citizenships, citizens of heaven. We're aliens and strangers here. Not so? Not be so? So I'm going to leave it there tonight. I know Shane's going to come up. Right? Yeah. You know, I get to speak to all sorts of groups, Awanas and Sunday school classes, and, and the Awana kids always come up with some great questions. So we thought this morning we'd do something a little different and allow you guys to ask questions. Do you have a mic? So we're going to allow you to ask some questions. We won't take long, but we wanted to get you, let you guys ask questions. Some things you may be thinking about. Yeah, Donna's here. Donna's sitting in the back. Wave your hand. Stand up. She, she's loves, in the, that, she loves that being in the back. Yeah. She, she loves being up in front of people. Oh, yeah. 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 That's why she's not up here. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to do a little Q&A. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, so this is a time, maybe for next service, we'll ask people to think about some questions beforehand. We'll see. Um, we had some good ones. But this is service. a time for us to kind of ask the writers where, what God's been doing, what he continues to do, and what he will be doing. So, yeah. so any questions that come to mind? Yeah, Rick. This actually was a gift. This, this is traditional clothing. It comes in different formats with different language groups, different formats. Boy, that sounds weird. Um, but yeah. This was a gift from a a recording that I had done. We had done a mother tongue choir recording of Bible verses. And they actually came to our house, sang to us in our own home, had a Bible study. And uh, yeah, it was was a neat experience. It was a blessing from God. Are you normally wearing this too underneath it or no? Yeah, you normally wear this, yes. Those of you who weren't here in first service, we had a, a mistake. The front panel came down and I'm sitting here talking away and... I watch people's eyes do this. <laughs> God keeps us humble. Where was that? Oh, worship is different. Yeah, worship I music. love worship. Heaven, you, we have no idea what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be wonderful. Worship is going to be so much varied. We love worship in Cameroon. Uh, the whole place is moving um, on Sunday mornings. and We go to a Baptist church. So it's, yeah, the whole place is moving. I don't know if you go to our our Facebook page, somewhere on there I've got a post of some worship going on in in one of our church services in Yaoundé. And uh, yeah, very animated. And they'll worship for an hour every Sunday. Yeah. Oh, what's a primary religion there in Cameroon? Ah, It's a mixture. There is Islam there. There is what we call African traditional religion, which has wound its way into the church. There's a syncretism going on. And so that's another important reason to have God's word in the language of their hearts because it speaks to those issues. 
uh, and then Christianity's there. Yeah. Even the Jehovah's Witnesses have arrived, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Anyone else? Yeah, go for it, Steve. So you said you you and your wife prayed for over a month to mm-hmm. confirm this change. So tell me how you what was your confirmation? Truck being sold, we had some trusted people, we sought wise counsel and they were like this is fit for you, God's calling. And again, the other side of that was it was our leadership asking. You know, and we're supposed to obey those authority over us and trusting that this is a need, this is greater impact. I mean, there were a lot of things. It wasn't just one thing. And we had nobody say, no, don't go do this. <laughs> the door didn't close because we honestly played, prayed, God, if this is not of you, close the door. Close the door. We want to be where you want us to be. We were happy in Cameroon. We weren't looking to leave. So, yeah. What will Donna be doing? Good question. You have, you have your role where God has you, and then but you guys are one flesh. Yes. Married GBD. couple. Yep. So my wife on the mission field has been like a utility baseball player. She's played a number of positions and roles, and she's good at what she does. She's... Uh, She's been done, done accounting. She's done uh, linguistic library where she's maintained in the region. She's been run the regional office. Um, so that's to be determined. Uh, JARS in North Carolina where we'll be stationed, we'll be traveling the world still. I'll be going back to Cameroon. Um, has over 200 needs there. And not, Donna has narrowed it down to probably a dozen. But when we get there, We'll probably do a little more in-depth and figure out where, what's a good fit for her. And, and we're praying for that. Pray with us through that process. Because her, her role is just as important as what I do as well. We're a team. So. Food. Do you eat food? I'm just kidding. She didn't ask that. Can't Abby, tell? Abby no. said, what, <laughs> what kind of food do you eat? There. My wife cooks from scratch. Uh, so a lot of recipes. Uh, she's learned how to make ranch dressing, and you know we do things. So we do American recipes. We have a house help, and she'll cook Cameroonian. So things like corn fufu and jama jama, which are greens. <laughs> okay, love it. She doesn't like it as much. Uh, corn chaff, which is a mixture of beans and field corn that's been boiled. Um, all sorts of stuff. We've had meat from all sorts of places. We've had crocodile, porcupine. Sometimes you don't ask because you don't want to know. <laughs> it's true. Just call it corn foo-foo. Don't tell me what's in it. Don't tell me what's in it. So, yeah. Great fruit. Bananas, pineapples. We don't eat bananas here because they don't taste as good. <laughs> so. Question over here. Yeah, my boys were raised in Cameroon. No, and we have different criteria for who can go back into the area when things settle down. It's it's very well thought of. Um, we've learned from years that Wycliffe has been in Colombia and knowing the kidnappings of Ray Rising and missionaries like that. We've learned a lot over the years and we've gotten better at what we do because of that. There are no families. There are no Wycliffe missionaries. Our Cameroonian colleagues are still there doing Bible translation. But yeah. yeah. 
Well, so people know, tell us about your two boys and where they're at and what they're doing right now, too. Tyler and Austin are 28 and 24, respectively. They were little boys when we left. We had a preschooler and a second grader. Mm. And uh, they're, they're living together. They share a house with a third guy in Broken Air, Oklahoma, just outside Tulsa. Uh, Tyler is a mechanical engineer for flight safety. He designs flight simulators that are life-size. It's part of what he's been doing for five years. Austin is working for Target. So we are praying for a job for Austin in the media field. That's what he graduated with his degree in. It's been two years. He's been struggling to find something. But he's faithful and is serving in his church. Uh, he serves, serves at Battle Creek Church in Tulsa. It's a, what I would call a large, very large church. They have five campuses. And he's the onstage camera. So he's serving the Lord with what he's learned, his skills. Yeah. Right on. Well, Donna, I'm, I'm going to invite you up. We're going to pray for the writers uh, this morning. Um, just as Donna's coming up, though, can I ask you, you're at 89%. Mm-hmm. How much more per month support do you need to get to 100? About six or 700 six a month. Six or 700. We have prayer cards, and this is not just to ask for money. We want you to pray for us. Mm-hmm. Because we know if you're praying for God to provide, that's important. That's the most important thing. And pray for our ministries as we step into new roles. Yep. So Don will be out back at the hub with these prayer cards. Stick them on your fridge. We never look this good. You know, pictures do wonders. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pray together and um, just thank the Lord for you, for you guys. Appreciate it. Father, you are so good to us. Thank you so much. Even as we were reminded in Scripture this morning, Romans 8. Lord, what an amazing blessing it is to call you Father, Abba Father. Lord, thank you so much for the adoption of sons, Lord. Sons and daughters into your family. Even so, we're, we're co-heirs with Christ. Lord, that's, that's an amazing truth. Lord, all because of what Christ has done, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, Lord, now we can proclaim, even Romans eight thirty one and 39, that nothing, absolutely nothing will separate us from Your love, Lord. We're so grateful for that. We're so grateful for the blood that was shed through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, now we have hope our sin is forgiven. Lord, now we have hope, and even as Joe was mentioning here near the end, Lord, that our citizenship is in heaven. Lord, we are just strangers and aliens, pilgrims on this journey here, Lord. We look forward to eternity with you. We look forward to everlasting life, Lord. We thank you so much for the writers. We thank you so much that it is clearly seen, Lord, that they are trusting you to lead and guide them, Lord. You are so faithful, and we can proclaim with them this morning that you are faithful in our lives as well, Lord. We pray that you would provide for them the six, $700 more a month that they need, Father, to, to continue with Wycliffe, to continue in the ministry, Lord, that you'd provide that. We trust you in those things as they move back east, Lord, that you'd provide continual just moving costs and everything that's involved, Lord. We just trust you and we look to you. We thank you, Lord. And even we pray, we pray for Austin, Lord, that you would provide their, their youngest son to provide him a job, Lord, uh, in the field that he graduated with, Lord, that you would provide abundantly for him, strengthen, strengthen him and bless him, Lord, as well. And pray for Donna and her role even going back, Lord, to North Carolina. And uh, just pray let you lead her and guide her into that as well. We love you and we thank you so much for this time this morning, Lord. You are so good and so great. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today. 
It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.